0: Hot! Welcome to Extra Extraplasm Podcast. It's the only podcast on the internet that spends the last Thursday in every November commemorating the time tense adversaries came together for a common cause when the Ghostbusters and the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man saved the Thanksgiving Day parade from Marie the Mantis. i your host, Jim Maritato, aka Bank Maniac, from the internet. And this week we're taking a few minutes to talk about a few things for which I'm thankful as we track into Thanksgiving week and also as we track out of celebrating the one year anniversary of Ghostbusters Afterlife. We're also going to catch up on the week's headlines, and we're going to get to know a member of our community a little bit better. Paul Martin, better known to some of us as uh, the curator of Ghostbusters World Hub and as GB World Hub on social media, joins us this week to talk a bit about his experiences running a robust repository of knowledge about a Ghostbusters app game that has now begun to expand into curating content about all kinds of Ghostbusters games. And so we're going to talk with Paul a bit about how he was running GB World Hub, which was for the Ghostbusters World world app game that was out there that was kind of like Pokemon Go and how it's now that that app has sunset, how he's transitioned the website into a repository for all kinds of Ghostbusters games in a way that you can contribute to that effort as he hopes to build it out and do more, especially involving Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed. So I'm excited this week to talk with you about all of this stuff, but to start the week, I want to take a few minutes to talk about gratitude and being thankful, Uh, in part because it's Thanksgiving week here in the U.S., and a lot of people are going to get together with... uh, their, their family and a turkey and presumably, hopefully, people they like. Um, although I know some folks sort of dread this holiday because they worry about what political conversations they're going to have around the dinner table. Uh, and for those of you outside the U.S., you can still get together with your family uh, and hopefully with people you like with a turkey if you wish to or a tofurkey if that's your bag. Uh, but nobody's giving you the day off with pay, probably. So um, feel free to participate, but um, you're not getting paid. Sorry. Um, but if you're here in the U.S., you know that basically this is the uh, kickoff to the holiday season and an opportunity for us to think about what we're grateful for, what's gone on over the last year that we're excited about, or as we come down to the end of this year with the things that really mattered to us. And um, I-, I will say that in, we're now one year out from afterlife, and that's an undertaking for which I am probably more personally grateful than a well-balanced fan ought to be. Um, I say that in jests, but I am so incredibly grateful that uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife exists. A year ago, uh, we we were all heading out to the theater and finally getting to see this movie. And watching people celebrate it over the last week has been a really amazing thing. Uh, to sort of see all the people who've kind of been sharing content, sharing experiences, sharing premiere photos, uh, even if it was just like going to the theater in their town and sharing the photos of like what they and their franchise were doing that week so amazing because to me, I'm like, that was the first time uh, that I went out to the movies for sure post pandemic. Uh, but it was like one of the first opportunities for folks to come together and be able to appreciate and enjoy community after the pandemic began. And I will say this, that afterlife for me was a, uh, was an endpoint. It was a sort of finish line, a a thing to get to. And it kept moving was a goalpost that throughout the pandemic kept shifting from one point to the next to the next in ways that were sometimes challenging at an emotional level that where it was like, okay, we're going to get there. We're going to finally things are really bad, but we're going to finally see that movie that we were supposed to see that's been pushed off because of this stupid pandemic and this stupid illness that's going on out there. uh, And then it wouldn't happen. It would get pushed back again and again and again. And it was really hard. So when the movie finally came out and I finally saw it, um, it was a big emotional moment for me, as I know it was for some of you. So I had an amazing experience when I had the opportunity to see it, uh, because I first saw it at the Friends and Family uh screening last year at the Fox Theater. And I want to say like publicly thank you to Jason Reitman, to Gil Kennan, to the cast and crew of Ghostbusters Afterlife, to Eric Reich for uh for having set up that screening and um, inviting folks to it who were able to come from different franchises in the local Southern California area and et cetera. Um, that was such an amazing event, but it was also something that will always be near and dear to me that every year when I think about Thanksgiving and I think about what I'm grateful for, I will also the week before be thinking about this amazing moment Where uh, I finally got to be with my friends and see a movie I've been waiting for sure for like 30 years for, but I had definitely waited, um, can we say 30 months? (laughs) Is is that fair? (laughs) I don't know if that's actually the right count, but from January 2019 uh, out to uh, the point of November 2021, thinking, okay, this is gonna be the thing we'll see that's gonna mean the pandemic is kind of over, it's kind of manageable, things are kind of normal again. So, uh, if, for anybody out there who's listening, who had any part in the development of Ghostbusters Afterlife, thank you. Um, to to the folks I already named, thank you. And for those of you out there who, uh, listen to this podcast every week, this is the other thing I want to talk about. Thank you. Because, uh, starting this podcast a few months ago and, uh, putting together the first episode was something where I said, I don't know how this is going to be received by people. I don't know how, uh, if this is something people want to listen to, will anybody actually want to listen to a guy talk for too long, <laughs> especially if nobody else is around to talk that week. And every week I've been amazed at, uh, how just sitting down and recording into this microphone has allowed me to connect with people and to, uh, hear from you even if it's not something where it's like deep comment threads on something on Instagram it's like getting back random messages from people who say hey i listened to the podcast and i really like this thing you talked about those moments are nice not just because hey i, I find out that i'm doing a good job i guess but also because i they're the moments that build community they're the moments that uh allow us to find commonalities and common ground. And I want to find a place for uh, extraplasm to have a community. And I'm not sure where that's going to be yet, but it's something I'm looking at for the new year about, uh, is there a place where extraplasm should set up shop to have conversations throughout the week, uh, with between, you know, folks who are listening to the, to the podcast. And there may be, places that some of us are already having those conversations that I don't want to take away from. But I am very grateful for you uh, as audience members, as listeners, as community members, and for everything that uh, you contribute to either conversations with me, to sharing information with me for the podcast, to things that are being done out there in terms of the community, in terms of like franchises that are doing charitable work we're going to talk about in a few moments, etc. But I appreciate and I'm so grateful for the Ghostbusters fandom out there. uh, And I hope that if you're listening to this podcast this week during Thanksgiving week that you have a fantastic holiday. If you're listening to this at some other point, I hope you have a fantastic whatever day it is. <laughs> if you're binge listening to this podcast like five weeks from now, it's the middle of January and you're starting the new year. Happy New Year. If it's a random Tuesday in June because you picked this podcast up and decided to binge listen from episode one, happy June Thursday the 8th. I don't even think that's going to be right, but you know, just go for it. Um, so, but thank you again, uh, for listening to the podcast and thank you to all of you for being cool, awesome, rad people. Uh, so moving out of sort of my little emotional need to be, uh, super grateful about things for like, you know, five minutes or so. Um, let's talk a bit about some Ghostbusters headlines for this week.
1: Still making headlines all across the country, the Ghostbusters are at it again. Today, the entire eastern seaboard is alive with talk of incidents of paranormal activity. On in topic today, ghosts and ghostbusting.
0: Yikstra, plasm, read all about it. Ghostbusters headlines coming at ya. We're going to start this week because it seems fitting uh, in terms of gratitude with some community news. And the first piece of the community news I want to talk about is the continuing campaign that's going on with Starlight Foundation, Ghostbusters, and Sony, uh, and Ghostbusters franchises. So uh, I had the awesome experience of being at the Los Angeles Ghostbusters one year anniversary party at Scum and Villainy last weekend, which uh, if you were paying attention to this podcast last week, then you probably noticed that we talked about how we were going to be in the same place together at the same time uh, on the podcast. Uh, And so I did get to see Matt and get to participate in trivia, which I won, by the way. And um, so I'm now the owner of a uh, Sideshow Collectibles uh, Inside Editions Gozer Door, which is awesome. And a Los Angeles Ghostbusters t-shirt, which is also awesome. Uh, but the event they had was a total success. I don't know the final number that it came out with, so I don't want to say what it was and talk out of turn. But I do know that it was like in the several thousands of dollars raised uh, for Starlight on Sunday night of last week, by the L.A. Ghostbusters, they also also ran an auction that was online at the same time, uh, which people could contribute to, and that was generally successful. I think it made over a thousand dollars in terms of the amount of money that they made on uh, auctioning off the items from there from that, uh, and there was a not only were there like opportunities for people to donate at the event at the bar by like scanning a QR code, they also ran their event such that, uh, the bar was offering parts of the proceeds from the bar to, uh, to starlight at the same time there was also a donor I believe a private donor who came in and said they would match what was being offered up so there was a there was a bunch of money that was raised I know some of it was mine because I definitely bought drinks uh, and definitely bought drinks for other people knowing that that money was going to starlight so uh I had an amazing time thank you to the Los Angeles Ghostbusters for running an outstanding event uh, and Matt Zunick was on last week Matt thank you for running an amazing trivia night and for helping organize that entire experience uh, you guys did a fantastic job and uh, I hope that you continue to do this because it's something I would come back to every single year although uh, I might have to be kept away from the trivia because uh, I don't know I'm a bit of a ringer Um <laughs> turns out that I know a lot about Ghostbusters who knew uh, either that or it just means that some of you out there listening need to show up and make this a little more competitive because um, I don't know everything but uh, so that's an amazing cool thing that's happened was that the LA Ghostbusters had their event. But the Starlight campaign continues to, you know, sort of roll on. And if you go and you take a look at who's participating in doing that, there are other groups this week that have contributed and earned money at different conventions. I believe that one of those groups, the Circle City Ghostbusters, managed to raise uh, about $1,000 this week, I believe, that I saw on Facebook. So uh, there's a tally for this. If you go to bit.ly slash GhostbustersGowns, and you, it will take you to the donate.starlight.org campaign page for all of the Ghostbusters campaigns that are going on. And you can take a look at the team list there. I don't know how current the dollar amounts on there are, because I think that um, there's a delay perhaps in how money gets reported to Starlight once it's taken in, etc. But you should take a look at that, because if you look right now, just in what's tallied up, there were about they're looking to earn about $40,000 to develop the gowns they're making for kids. And in, just in case you weren't around last week, uh, Starlight, <laughs> here's a recap. Starlight and Sony are partnered together to make hospital gowns for kids that look like uh, flight suits, the proton packs on them. So if you're in the hospital because you are ill and you are going to be in there for you know several weeks and you unfortunately can't go home, you can at least put a proton pack on your back and help to fight the ghosts uh, that are you know messing up your world. So the goal is to raise $40,000 for this project. And so far just tallied on Starlight's website, there's about $10,000 earned. So nationwide, like what Starlight has reported, we're about a quarter of the way there. So uh, I want to say point blank right now, Extraplasm will be doing a fundraising event alongside with Starlight. Um, we're going to be creating a, a, a page here for donations soon. I'm not ready to tell you about exactly what's going to happen with that yet, but I'm going to give you a distinct hint. There is a very rare thing that was talked about on this podcast a few weeks ago. Um, it's blue. It's hard to find. It kind of snuck out into the world, and unlike. The uh, Maddie Collector Ecto-1 that was never released, it really rolls. Uh, So (laughs) if you're not sure what that is, um, give it some thought. Ask your friends. But there's going to be an opportunity to uh, potentially get an unobtainium piece of Ghostbusters toy stuff um, from Ghostbusters Afterlife that will involve helping to fund this opportunity with Starlight for to help kids. So um, keep your eyes peeled on Extraplasm social media over the next week or so, because there's probably going to be an announcement that you'll want to know about if you're interested in getting, uh, you know, a a Hasbro thing that you couldn't get anywhere else. And we'll leave it at that for now. (laughs) So, but uh, yeah, just just keep your eyes peeled for that. So that's an awesome thing. It's happening. I want people to keep like giving money to starlight and donating. So if you haven't donated money, you should go do that. But when you do, you should donate it via my campaign. Cause I want to be a winner too on the team list. Okay. Not really. Uh, but I, I do want folks to think about how they can contribute to this because it's an amazing thing that's going on. And one of the really cool things is like, even if you have no money, you can create your own fundraising opportunity on the same webpage at bit.ly slash ghostbusters gowns. And, uh, set up like a fundraiser for you, for your friends. You can then share it out via your social media, et cetera. So you don't have to ever handle any of the money yourself. It all goes directly to Starlight, but you get the credit uh, on the team page, et cetera. And you get to link that to your social media or your Twitch account, whatever it is that you're doing. So um, yeah, that's my my big pitch of like, let's give back, right? There's a way to do, there's a way to be awesome fans who help out and contribute to things. And I think many of us do that, but at this time of the year, like the holiday season, I think a lot of us are going to do toys for tots kind of things and like toy donation drives. And that's really awesome. Uh, but if you're a person out there who doesn't have the opportunity to participate in those things and you want to find a way to contribute and give back while doing it with a flight suit, even a virtual one on your back, um, feel free to check this out because I think it's a really good opportunity and a really cool thing that's partnering our fandom with a major, you know, a, a major organization that can really benefit from it. That, um, you know, beyond just like, hey, we're going to build these Ghostbusters gowns or make these gowns for kids. Long term relationships between fandoms and uh charitable organizations is a good thing. And um, it's something that I think that even if you don't participate in this, this round of stuff, like go look at this because it's such a cool thing and it might give you ideas about something you might want to do in the future with such great ease of being able to set up a fundraising donation page uh, and a campaign and then just run with it. So, um, yeah, so that's a bit of my, my big sort of let's share that gratitude with the world kind of pitch. Moving out of our discussion of Starlight Foundation and the Los Angeles Ghostbusters and their amazing event uh, that we hope they keep running. Uh, I want to remind folks about a pretty cool thing that's happening out there. If you don't recall this from a few episodes ago, you may not or you may not have heard about it. There isn't a, a new project out there to recreate or create a new version of the Ghostbusters franchise map. And so this is an attempt to try and take the old Ghostbusters across North America app or map that existed years ago and that had all little franchise logos on it and where they were located. Uh, At this point, Bob Anderson, uh, who I believe is from the Windy City Ghostbusters, is trying to develop a new version of that map. And he's reported out to Ghostbusters franchises worldwide that there's over two or or close to 200 teams that have submitted information for franchise locations across America, which to me is like, that's amazing. Uh, And this is across North America. So I shouldn't, I shouldn't just say America because it's Mexico, Canada, and the United States, but 200 different teams or Ghostbusters organizations so far almost have reported that they are in active situations or have provided a logo. Uh, So it's kind of crazy to me that there's that many different groups out there. But if you want to be involved in this, if you don't know about this already and you want to be able to contribute to it, you can send uh, the information they're looking for to ghostbustersmap at gmail.com. And what they're looking for is your logo, your social media, the specific location of where your team is located. And you need to have done at least one event in 2022 to be considered active. So they're asking you to do that by December 31st, um, for Circle City. I'm sorry, Windy City Ghostbusters and, um, Bob Anderson of that group. So, and sorry for the confusion on the, uh, naming the Circle Windy City. Yeah. I'm just going to call it the Windy Circle City. The Circle, the Circular Windy City, the Windy City. Um, I'll stop doing this now, but yeah. So if you are, have a franchise, if you have an organization, you want to be on the map, Get in touch with the with Bob Anderson and with uh, Jacob Bartlett, who's doing this project with him. And um, again, the address to do that is GhostbustersMap at gmail.com. Moving out of our discussion of the community news, let's talk a bit about folks who have been in Ghostbusters movies and things that have happened to them recently. Uh, one sad piece of information or news we need to talk about this week is that Kimberly Heron, who played the seductive dream ghost in the 1984 movie Ghostbusters, has passed away at the age of 65. Uh, unfortunately, it's been announced that she passed away in late October as a result of breast cancer. And if uh, you may recall that Kimberly Heron was the ghost in the Fort Daring scene that is not actually in the movie, but instead became part of the montage sequence in Ghostbusters, where there's a ghost that's floating above Ray dance and appears to be taking down his pants. It um, essentially would have been a significant role within the film, serving as an otherworldly love interest. Uh, but the reality is that uh, the Fort Detmering sequence was cut and that became the only piece of her performance that was kept in the movie was from that montage. So, uh, she has been long kind of, you know, known as an icon from that scene amongst our fandom, et cetera. She was also a playmate of the month in the March, 1981 issue of Playboy magazine and, um, was, you know, a very successful model. Unfortunately, she's no longer with us. And so, um, We want to say thank you for your contributions to Ghostbusters, to uh, Kimberly Heron and uh, condolences to her family and loved ones. And, um, you know, it's sad when somebody passes away and moves on. And unfortunately, it seems that the longer we are here, the more that will probably happen. So um, be grateful for the time we have with one another and uh, with the folks who are inside the projects that we really love and care about. Moving into something happier, uh, (laughs) because that seems a little bit sad and dark. Uh, We'll talk for a moment about the struggle that uh, McKenna Grace has kind of come out and talked about in the last week. Uh, Because as much as we've heard other performers in Ghostbusters history talk about the weight of proton packs and what it does to their backs, McKenna Grace probably has the uh, greatest uh, rationale for why that might be true. It turns out that McKenna Grace has come out in an NME.com article with Nick Levine this week and talked about how she has been engaged in songwriting as. And part of it is because of the experiences she's been going through uh, as a result of surgery she had. And as it turns out, that McKenna Grace has been living her life as a a survivor and sufferer of scoliosis. Uh, If you're not sure what that is, it is curvature of the spine uh, that as you get older, gets worse and worse. And so if it's not corrected with surgery, you end up being a person who's stooped over and can't stand up straight. And so McKenna Grace says in this interview that she had a real struggle dealing with this over the last uh, few years, especially, and that her new single self dysmorphia is about her suffering from spinal condition scoliosis um, that she says it was a constant reminder that she was made wrong. And she talks about in this article uh, with Nick Levine that when she was going through the process of making ghostbusters afterlife that it changed her life and that she loved it and appreciated it so much. And that it was so important to her, but it was also this period of time where she wasn't wearing her, uh, proper back brace, which she apparently wears on a regular basis and people were not really aware of. And it's sort of like a hard plastic, uh, corset as she describes it. So she said that she couldn't really manage wearing that while shooting, um, and usually have to wear it like 22 hours a day. So since she couldn't wear it to correct her spine, she ended up having a pretty, um, you know, difficult and grueling experience where she had to, um, you know, not only just be, you know, a kid with a proton pack on, but also be a kid who's got scoliosis and has to be involved in shooting all day without being able to wear the corrective thing that you would normally wear, a supportive thing you would normally wear, because that would interfere with the costuming. Uh, So regardless of whether she's got a proton pack on her back or not. So um, she apparently had surgery this and announced this in October. Um, She explains in this article that. She needed to do this once she hit the forty-five degree mark on the curvature of her spine, uh, that she began to have impacts uh, in her acting career because she would have directors and uh, di- you know directors of photography and other folks telling her she needed to stand up straight. She'd have to explain to them like, actually, this is a problem I have. But that ultimately, that she didn't do this, that in the next like twenty years, she would have started having impacted problems on her lungs. Um, she would have really had a severe, you know, problems with quality of life. And so she talks about in this article about how she's able to stand now for the first time with like hips that are at equal level. Um, and she apparently gained a couple inches of height in the process of whatever corrective stuff they did to uh, address the situation. But. I, you know, I'm, I want to say like McKenna Grace did an amazing job in that movie. Uh, She without question is like the, the person who nails it and brings home that movie in the sense that if her performance doesn't work, if you don't find her believable as Egon Spengler's granddaughter, and you don't find her also as somebody who you can identify with and want to hear more about her story, the movie just simply does not work. Um, and to find out that, this very talented young woman was not only nailing it in terms of her performance and not only nailing it in terms of like her personality and her engagement with everyone who talked about this. Anytime she talked about this movie with anybody, she was like so bubbly and excited to see all the positivity and all of the, um, I want to say joy that she was exuding in the process of making this film while also now finding out that she was going through the physical anguish of it. Um, Thank you, McKenna Grace. Like you're, you putting up when enduring the pain of what you did to give us the performance that you did is something that I, I don't know if you'll ever hear this podcast. You probably never will, (laughs) but if you ever do, um, thank you, McKenna Grace for going through what you've had to in order to give the performances you've had for your fans, not just for Ghostbusters. I mean, for me, that matters most. But for you know fans of everything that you've done, uh, I think being involved in theater and the arts and performing, often people have to make their own personal sacrifices about their bodies, et cetera, to fit what needs to happen for characters. And to know that as a growing teenager, you're going through what you're going through uh, and interacting with that difficulty, the good on you. Like you're pro. <laughs> you, you don't need to probably a random podcaster to tell you that. But if you're listening to McKenna Grace, good job. Uh for the rest of us, like that's an awesome thing to find out that um, you know, there's this level of commitment. And that now that she's going to not be in this situation because she's had the corrective surgery to help be better. So um, I want to say good luck to McKenna Grace post-surgery and hope you feel better and that you're uh, on the mend. And she talks about in this article how she's um, excited because she was turning 13 on the uh, set of Ghostbusters Afterlife and she'll be turning 17 on the set of the next movie. So um, that means that she knows she's making the next movie and when, which woohoo, um, (laughs) let's see, let's find out. But, um, also in the news this week, in terms of people who've been in Ghostbusters movies, very short item. If you haven't seen this, there is an, a very quick video this week that is on the, uh, AV club that you can find that's got Ernie Hudson in it. It's like two minutes long. Uh, but in it, he suggests that he's, he's asked a few questions and on cards and he reads an answer or he gives an answer to each of them. And he's asked if he's uh, excited about bringing Winston Zedmore back in a quote unquote proper way. Uh, and he suggests that he is provided that proper way means that he gets well paid since Winston is a billionaire now. Uh, so, but he's, it's a fun little interview you can watch. He has a couple little, quips about Ghostbusters, the first movie, et cetera. I don't want to spoil it on you because it's only like two minutes uh, and you can go check it out if you want to. But um, yeah, so check that out. AV Club, Ernie Hudson. It's him talking about Ghostbusters, Oz and Quantum Leap. So let's talk for a few moments, given that we've kind of touched base with a few folks who've been in Ghostbusters. I'm talking about Ghostbusters merch. The first thing I want to talk about is an update on the Eagle Moss situation, and this is going to be very short. According to mypartworks.com, they have a quick blurb from November 16th saying that PCT IXO has given them an update that they are undergoing final testing for their new website where they're hoping to be able to offer the parts for the models for which they've got reestablished licensing and distribution. Uh, And so, keep your eyes peeled. If you want to follow this yourself because you have one of those Ecto-1 kits and you want to see when this is going to go live, go to mypartworks.com slash blog slash Eagle Moss hyphen update. And you can follow along with this story. But the author over there who's running the mypartworks.com blog, whose name escapes me at the moment, and I apologize, uh, has been documenting this since August. And apparently has been told they'll be on a priority list of being informed as soon as the website goes live to be able to push that out to their fandom, given the number of people in their fandom and their followers who are, um, you know, obviously building these kinds of kits on a regular basis. In non- build it yourself news. Um, there's a, a piece of Ghostbusters merchandise that kind of slipped past me at the beginning of this month, and I'm not really sure how it managed to, but it did. Uh, so there is a new Ghostbusters book that's out. It's called A Convenient Parallel Dimension, How Ghostbusters Slimed Us Forever by James Green Jr., which is essentially a uh, an, an unauthorized Ghostbusters history book. And that looks back at the development of Ghostbusters projects going back to from 1984, and then all the way through to twenty twenty one, the book is has been available since the beginning of the month. Um, was released in the first week of the month. But the reason I bring this up this week is that if you have not seen this already, if you're a person who likes to listen to audio content about Ghostbusters, I don't know. Maybe if you're listening to this, maybe that's your bag. There is now an audiobook version of the uh, the book. So it is narrated by Tim Dixon, and apparently is eleven hours and forty seven minutes. So if you need twelve hours. of, of Ghostbusters content uh, that somebody else compiled by searching across the web and by talking to different contacts that they were able to interview, then you might find this interesting. Uh, you can find it at BarnesandNoble.com on their website in the audiobook section. You can also find it on the Google play store. I did not find it on audible, so I'm not sure if it will end up there later, but, uh, if you are into audiobooks and you are looking for something else to take a look at, you might want to check out a convenient parallel dimension, how ghostbusters slimed us forever. Uh, <laughs> if you're looking for something else to listen to, uh, I'm like, go listen to something else other than this podcast. You may want to check this out. I will say that the book is something I have not read myself. I have, don't have a review of it. I know that I have read some positive reviews of it. I've also read some, um, lukewarm reviews of it that are like, it has some interesting new facts in it, but certain things could have been handled better. Uh, I will leave it up to you, dear reader, to make your own decisions about that because I have not yet experienced this myself, but who knows? We'll see what the, uh, the holiday break time uh, brings, I may find myself deciding to di- dive into this to find out more about it. So uh, again, a convenient parallel to mention how Ghostbusters slammed us forever. The author is James Green Jr. Let's talk a bit about things that are going to be cheaper this week. Uh, so uh, it is Black Friday week in the United States. So that means that there are discounts on things. And one of the key things that there are discounts on are Ghostbusters video games, You can find the new Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed game, not the collectible version, but the actual, just the regular version. You can find that for 25% off virtually anywhere except the Epic Games Store for PC people. Sorry, PC people. Uh, But if you're looking for a disc-based version of this game on PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, or Xbox, and I should also say, if you're buying it through the PlayStation Network or the Xbox Store for download, this also applies. uh, The cost of the game seems to be down by 25% this week for black Friday across all these different retailers. So, uh, Microsoft has it in the Xbox store for download for 25% off the PlayStation network has it for 25% off. And then Amazon actually has every version of the game that's regular for 25% off. So if you're looking to pick up the game for like 30 bucks, this is the week to do it because it's apparently available for as a black Friday promotion. Um, I I have talked a lot about Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed. I'm going to talk more about it when you listen to my conversation with Paul Martin a little bit because we talk a lot about it. Uh, I think it's a really great game. It's something that's really enjoyable. I will say that it really does require you to have some intention of going online and playing with other people because there's not a lot of story there beyond the uh, sort of 20 minutes that are built into it as you, as you unlock things, um, as you progress. So it's something where you've got to put the time into go wanting to go and engage other people and play if you're really going to get your bang for your buck out of this thing. But uh, I would say that if 30 bucks totally worth it. Like, even if you, if you play it and you decide after two weeks that you don't really want it, then you're going to resell your disc used or something like, go ahead. Uh, the point is that for $30, I would definitely say it's a worthwhile investment to grab. And as fair game, I should always say this. I did receive this game for free from Ilphonic with a review code. Um, Federal Communications Commission, please do not come and get me or Ilphonic for reviewing things without disclosing things. Because now I have disclosed things once more in my life. Uh, but the game is something I really enjoy. I've had a lot of fun with. I've had a lot of good, po- positive experiences with, and very few negative ones. Uh, so I would say, check it out if you haven't already. This is an opportunity to get it for nice and cheap, and you should go ahead and just lock it down. That way you don't have to worry about it anymore. Because that's clearly what you were doing—worrying about games um <laughs> beyond the uh alphonix game coming out you should also know that the, uh, original Ghostbusters video game remastered is also like 75% off, uh, in both of those online game stores right now. So if you ever wanted to get Ghostbusters, the video game for something like $7, I think is what they're asking for or like seven or eight bucks. That's an opportunity to grab that too. So if you didn't get the remastered, cause you're like, why would I have the original? I'm not going to pay a bunch of money for it. This is probably like the cheapest you're ever going to find it because there's another Ghostbusters game out. There's not really a keep it relevant other than to offer it for cheap because you can. An additional thing to know about for Black Friday, uh, the official Ghostbusters store is running a Black Friday sale. So if you go to shop.ghostbusters.com, you can go to the official Ghostbusters store and find the uh, the things there up to 25% off. So if you've ever wanted to pick up one of those pint glasses that has your uh, your name tag on it in Ghostbusters name tape style, you can feel free to go land one of those right now for 25% off, which is not a bad situation at all. So, But lots of t-shirts, lots of sweatshirts, lots of different merch that you can find there. A bunch of it is exclusive uh, designs. So you can go and take a look at what's available there at shop.ghostbusters.com and take advantage of the 25% off sale for Black Friday. So um, and then, of course, you know, every retailer under the sun is going to have Black Friday sales of some kind. I'm sure that, you know, if you go look and find just on Amazon, you can find movies that are on sale, uh, all kinds of different stuff. So don't be afraid to type Ghostbusters into every single Black Friday sale that you go to online and find out what is discounted for you. There's got to be something, right? The next two merchandise items we're going to talk about are customs. Customs. And by that, I mean custom toys, uh, phantasm toys, who you may know well from this podcast were, you know, total overshilling for Tony Taylor toys and phantasm toys because we love them. Um, I want folks to know that they have a new line of toys that they're going to be talking about coming out this week uh, called class 10. And these are larger, larger, uh, moving, m- multiple colored toys uh, that you're going to be able to see later on this week at Ghostbusters news. If you've seen Ghostbusters news, teasing this on their, on their social media. If you go to the Instagram page for Ghostbusters news, you can find this. They've actually made a little video that Jason from Ghostbusters news, I think put together, uh, that recreates the scene where Venkman is slimed using the new class 10 figure, the Tony Taylor of phantasm toys. And that, uh, Beducci Studios of Phantasm Toys are releasing, uh, so take a look this week. Keep your eyes peeled at Ghostbusters news because there will be a video that unveils this and reviews this later this week. And I don't have one in hand, so you should totally look at what Jason is going to show you because um, I've seen photos of this. I've seen it for a while and known it existed, but I-, I will say I'm very excited, like to see that the folks at Phantasm Toys are moving from like just single, you know, uh, color stuff that they're doing. That's like Kenner mini figures to larger format figures. this is like the first movie presentation of Slimer as a action figure, as opposed to like a cartoony one that I think I've ever seen. So, um, I'm really excited about this thing. I think it looks really cool. Keep your eyes peeled for this. Again, the toy line is going to be called class 10 and it's going to be released by phantasm toys, uh, via PhantasmToys.com. So keep an eye out for that. The other thing to know about is that uh, there is a fan favorite custom toy that's come that was out previously from Toymaker Plastic Geek. And essentially what it is, is a uh, Fright Features Egon Spengler in the Dirt Farmer or Ghost Farmer style. So if you recall, Hasbro last year for Afterlife put out a series of what they called Fright Features figures that were of all the the four kids from the movie and each of them had a companion ghost. There were also the four original Ghostbusters in a Ghostbusters classics orientation. Uh, and I guess you could arguably say there were five of them because they released Venkman or was it six? They released two of them twice, I think uh, with different companion ghosts, but I digress. Uh, the point is that they had, you know, each of the four Ghostbusters and each of the four kids were released with a companion ghost and they were in this sort of, um, I want to say almost like if you took the real Ghostbusters figures and you updated them for today to reflect the movie figures as opposed to um, reflect the cartoon figures, they were in that kind of style. So what was lacking though, was that they never made a ghost version of Egon from that series. So Toymaker Plastic Geek filled this gap last year uh, or early this year. I can't actually remember when, but the point is that this was after Afterlife came out, after Afterlife. Uh, So when He put this out a while back. It was an exclusive pre-order. People got them and then they were gone and then you couldn't get them anymore. Well, he's announced that he's doing another run of these. So if if you go to plasticgeek.bigcartel.com, you can find uh, Plastic Geek's website and store and you can pre-order the figure. It is $45. It is a non-moving, non-articulated figure. So just so you know what you're getting into, if you're into this, it is a figure that is essentially based off of the original Fright Features figure from last year of Egon, but it's been modified to have a beard. And then is the plastic that's used is a glow-in-the-dark, uh, translucent, multicolored, uh, <laughs> blue and purple gradient col- uh, sort of mix that Looks really cool. So these are all handmade, they're all cast individually. Uh, They were really well received by the folks who got the last round of them. They're going to probably go pretty quickly. So if you missed out on this last time around, if you were bummed out because you didn't pick one up, plasticgeek.bigcartel.com is the place to go to pick one up. And the last thing I want to talk about in headlines is probably something that I probably should have mentioned when we talked about video games earlier, but if you don't know about this, Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed has a patch that's going to be coming out. There was a dev stream that took place this week. Uh, if you're not sure, we're like, what is a dev stream? Uh, essentially there was a developer stream where the, one of the developers from the game was playing a developer build of the game on Twitch and showing people what some of the new features in the game are going to be that come out in the next release. They're describing this as a quality of life update in order to fix a lot of bugs that are in the game, uh, take care of some of the issues that are happening with things like if you jump into a blue bucket inside of the brewery level, you may become uncatchable after that. Or if you use the RC trap as a Ghostbuster, you may find that you can't fire your Neutrona wand afterwards, which is you know, kind of a problem. Um, if you use your trap and then you can't bust anything, well, you know, how are you supposed to do zap them, cap them, and trap them if you like try to trap them, but then there's no more zapping and capping, so um, it doesn't work. So they're fixing a bunch of the problems via a quality of life update. They've also announced that they're going to be. Uh, Release releasing some changes to uh, a little bit of changes to how like the stun operations work on the PKE meter, like the time of recharge for it, some of the ghost features, etc. Uh, I would take a look at you could say Ghostbusters news is article about this. If this is something you're interested in, cause he has a good breakdown of what's changing in the next iteration. Uh, but the, one of the big things they're announcing is a prestige system where if you've already made it to level 100, like some kind of weirdos, I don't know who would do such a thing. I certainly would never would do that, uh, get to level 100 in a game within the span of like, I don't know, three weeks. Um, but if you're that kind of person who maxed out their XP and can no longer earn any more, um, then they're going to be introducing a prestige system where you can go back through the game and earn the same criteria essentially earn unlock all the same things again but this time around when you do so you will get a little badge that says you're part of the ghostbusters tenure system and you'll apparently upon completing that get a colander hat so you can run around like your Lewis Tully as a Ghostbuster. So, um, not sure how I feel about all that, but that's something to know about. There's some new updates coming and that one of the things is going to be this tenure system to sort of say, Hey, if you play this game hardcore and you go back and earn the achievements more than once, we'll give you a, a little badge that says that you are amongst the most hardcore. Uh, that's cute. It's nice. I would like to see more content that would make me happy. Uh, but Know that there is a quality of life update coming. That is good for all of us who are playing the game. It means that we're going to get some fixes to bugs and things. Uh, We're going to get some improvements to our our gameplay experience And, uh, it means that we're getting taken care of pretty quickly, which is good because they are fixing some of the bugs and some of the things that have come up since the release came out. Uh, I know for some of you on PlayStation, you've complained about audio glitches and I understand and I hear you. That being said, um, if you have a team speak microphone and you don't realize that it's paired to your PlayStation via Bluetooth and you're playing this game, you should pay attention to that because otherwise people might hear everything going on in your house while you bust ghosts, which is very strange. Uh, I digress. So, uh, so I think that just about covers everything and catches us up this week on headlines. So let's go now to our conversation with Paul Martin, uh, from the Ghostbusters world hub. And Paul has become a quick friend of the podcast. I've interacted with Paul over, you know, the last few years via Twitter, occasionally uh, liking each other's stuff and liking each other's comments. Uh, but Paul has been a quick supporter of the podcast and has came out very quickly as someone who advocated for it and was like very excited that there was a new podcast to listen to. But he's also somebody who has been a contributor to the Ghostbusters fandom for a while. Uh, for those of you who were not familiar with Paul and what he's done before we kind of have him on the show and you know, I bring him in for the interview um, or bring you know, kind of cut to the cut to the interview because he's not actually here. <laughs> that would be really weird if I was like, hey, I've just been leaving him sitting here for the last like four. 45 minutes. Um, if when we cut to that interview with Paul, what I want you to sort of know a bit about what he did is that he's the guy who began curating like basically all the content about the ghostbusters world app, um, which was a game that was like Pokemon go, where you could go around and like point your phone at virtual ghosts, um, and try to catch them and put them in your trap using your phone. So, um, it was a really interesting and cool game. It, didn't necessarily get a long a long longevity or a long life to it so it's something that kind of got sunset, but Paul still maintains like the coolest repository of every ghost, every, uh, you know, video clip that was in that game. He essentially captured as much of it as he possibly could and has a great website with that. But what his new project of what he's going to be talking about for this is he's trying to expand the website out. And part of the reason I'm telling you this before you get into the interview is that when we get to the end, I often ask people if they have anything to plug. And Paul being the very gracious person he is was like, Nope, I don't. And then he realized afterwards, like I probably should tell people I'm expanding my website to talk about many different kinds of games beyond just the old game. So if there's anybody out there who has Ghostbusters game info, they want to contribute, or if you have scans of things from old games and things that you want to share, you can hit him up uh, at GB World Hub on Instagram or Twitter. He's also Luminous Spectre. So I'm going to say all of that again, probably in the interview you're going to listen to in a moment, but I wanted to make sure I hit the point on it because Paul was a great guest and a great friend of the podcast, and I was really excited to finally get to talk with him uh, verbally as opposed to just tweet back and forth. So um, with all all that in mind, let's cut now to our interview with Paul Martin, aka GB World Hub. Joining me now on the Extra Plasm Podcast is Paul Martin, who some of you may know on the internet as Luminous Spectre, and some of you may also know as GB World Hub. How are you doing, Paul? I'm doing great. Happy to be here. It's like cool to uh, meet you and talk to you uh, face-to-face and sort of voice-to-voice, because you and I have tweeted at each other for quite a while. Um, And I have to say this, like, you're one of the people I actually talked to on Twitter, and as Twitter is imploding around us, uh, in the current moment, if you're listening to this podcast, and you're like, if some people listen to podcasts as they come out, some people listen to podcasts, like, weeks later, and like, I'm binging this show. So, just so we're clear, in the current moment, Elon Musk has just purchased Twitter and fired lots of people, and then rehired some of them back, and then told them you will work, everyone will work, and then lots of them were like, nah, Dude, we won't. Uh, and so everyone is sitting around waiting for tr- Twitter to implode at the moment. But I keep laughing about this because there's so few people I actually talked to on Twitter for years before I had the podcast, except you and I do talk mm-hmm. on Twitter. Um, so it's nice to talk with you uh, before Twitter implodes if it's going to. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we made it. We sur- we, 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 made it. we managed to connect. Everyone yes. else is doing that. Everybody else is like, if I, if I um if Twitter should die tomorrow, then you can find me on this website also there's a place called Facebook and I'm like right we're gonna be okay everybody like it's not you know it's, it's not, not like, really going
1: know. anywhere this is this is actually kind of normal when new re- a new regime takes over a business so
0: well I you know we won't get bogged into this too much because yep. like you but it's worth talking about because your experience like your background you work in IT and like media space and like I Teach some of this so it's not like I want to come in and be like hey everyone welcome to my TED talk which by the way has fallen out of favor as being a thing to address because it has a pro- toxic uh, affluenza culture but I digress uh, but like, <laughs> if I think about like uh, what's going on with Twitter right and there's a little bit like watching people freak out about fandoms sometimes and it's like mm-hmm. oh my god this is the end there's the new and the new means the old will die and it's like n- no like it just means change is happening everyone like and you may not be satisfied with all the changes and you may make choices to go to a different platform and the quality of service may go down in the period of these changes. But it probably doesn't mean the end of the platform.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: <laughs> I don't know. How, how do you feel about this?
1: Oh, gosh. Well, I, I honestly I think that it's it's not going anywhere. I, I think that it's going to be a, I mean, I could be wrong, but I think that it'll it'll be around. And I and I think you're right. It is kind of like fandoms, like a new movie comes out and people freak out for a little while, and then new people coming into the fandom because of that movie, they get the the bonus of being able to be to to access everything that we've enjoyed for years. Yeah. Right. But they they came into it through this new thing. And sometimes the new thing it, it, like can be widely hated or just not enjoyed by a lot of members of the old guard. But the positives of any time anything new comes out with any fandom is that new people get to discover what we've all loved for years.
0: Right. Uh, to me, like that's what's so weird about this Twitter thing is it's like I feel like. People are like mourning like, oh, God, it's coming in and it's all going to change now. And it's like so some of it probably will. But like also you had an ISP and at one point some company probably bought it. Like remember when we all used America online? Oh, yeah. Remember that? Like, Mm -hmm. remember when we all used AOL when there were Ghostbusters chat rooms and things on AOL back in the olden days? And it's like, guess Mm -hmm. what? Ghostbusters fandom still exists. We still talk to each other. Exactly. The platform changes, but our conversations don't necessarily. Our connections don't. And it's just so weird to me. It's like, where will you find me if Twitter goes away? And it's like any of the other places that I probably also connect with you because we all have more than one of these.
1: Yes. It used to be, <laughs> it, it used to be AOL instant messenger, um, MSN messenger, Yahoo messenger, ICQ. Yeah, then, dude,
0: you, you're hardcore. If you remember your ICQ, oh, ICQ.
1: And then, oh yeah. And then, uh, then we all got like trillion, which combined them all into one. Oh
0: man. You just made my brain have like a nostalgia trillion. I forgot about the app I shortly used that combined all of these things into one window. And then I was like, but this doesn't give me enough granular ability to control my instant messenger. And it's a way message so I can put the appropriate emo and punk lyrics in it to communicate my state of mind as a college student.
1: How am I going to live? And then it all all implodes and goes away and and Trillion is now like a, a secure, like, app for for hospitals (laughs) yeah
0: right then it changes but the conversations don't so I don't know I hope I'm not like I'm not going to be starting out the uh, podcast by being like hey we're two dudes who understand tech and we're a little bit older than some of the people out there who are (laughs) worried about social media so for a second let's just be old people who go listen it's gonna be fine
1: it's gonna be Um, fine
0: (laughs) but it's probably gonna be fine And if not you know if you're a person binging this podcast in six to eight to 12 months and we're wrong. And you get to sit back and be like, well, these two morons are wrong in the first five minutes of something. Um, which, you know, yeah, well, we're all,
1: happens. we're all on, uh, we're all on our VR headsets now in, <laughs> in the metaverse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: We all moved on, and we're now doing a meta discussion. Twitter is entirely a virtual, uh, VR app where you sit down and you have conversations with people that would never happen. It would be like speed dating. It would be the strangest thing ever. Like, imagine if Twitter was verbal. It was just like right. people they they had to record everything that they actually tweeted out loud. It was just these random peep bursts of like, ah! like a cameo, but it was like fifteen seconds long of your one hundred and forty characters. It would be so strange.
1: It would, would, but apps like that exist. (laughs) Yeah. Marco Polo. So,
0: yeah, okay, that's true. But anyway, I'm excited you're here because um, you are a person who I said earlier, not just because you're here, because let's talk about Twitter. But um, I got to know you a bit because I was following you during the time when like you had coverage of the Ghostbusters World app. Speaking of apps, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, But then I also would interact with you on Twitter just as Extraplasm was taking off. You were a supportive person who was engaging and I appreciated that. Uh, You actually like had this backdoor campaign. You were like, I'm going to try and get you a review code for that game. And I was like, that's awesome. Um, and in the end, like I ended up getting a code because you passed me a link. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, but um, yeah, but that led to like you and I sort of starting to talk about Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed. And I was like, well, you should come on the podcast and talk because like a lot of people have know that there's like a GB World Hub account out there or they've seen your website, but they may not have ever really gotten to hear from you. Yeah, um, because, you know, I think you make a lot of video content in your day job, but I don't know that you make a lot of Ghostbusters video content. So um So that's one of those weird things. It's like there's a lot of people out there who we know the product. We know the things they make, but we've never we don't ever meet them necessarily. So that's what I thought it was cool to have you on. So
1: welcome. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Yeah. So. um, So tell us. Tell us a little bit about that, about like how you got started with, I guess, with Ghostbusters as a fandom. But then like what? Ghostbusters world hub was like what it was for the, cause I remember using it. And for some of you remember may remember the game out there that existed. It was kind of like Pokemon go. That was like a GPS based location based, uh, AR am I using that like do I remember augmented reality is yes. that a thing still yes. um yeah like it was an augmented reality game that was mm-hmm. out a few years ago and that basically you had the, the centralized hub for it was literally well, yes that was in the name yeah it was called GB World Hub uh but yeah so tell us about how you got started with like kind of the Ghostbusters fandom and then how you got into the creating that website
1: okay so yeah so this goes back to when I when I was a real little kid it was it, I hadn't seen anything Ghostbusters ever until I was walking around a video rental place with my dad and my cousin. and I might have been five or six and I saw the the no ghost logo on a VHS tape, just a black cover with the you know the with the moogly on the front. Yeah and that attracted me as like a five or six year old kid. Like I went over to it. I picked it up. I was like, what's this? And my dad was like, we're not renting that or whatever. And my cousin, my cousin came over and he's like, oh, that's Ghostbusters. You would love it. And it's about <laughs> these guys that that hunt down ghosts and stuff. And at the time I was kind of scared of ghosts. So I was like, this sounds amazing. And, but my dad wouldn't rent it. So eventually though, they said, Oh, it's going to be on TV. We can get the TV edit of it. So we recorded the TV edit. I literally still pretty much have that memorized. Oh, that's um, So funny. Down to the commercials that were on like Blue Cross Blue Shield commercials and double mint gum commercials. So that means that. like your your childhood
0: version of Ghostbusters is a version in which we talk about how things are a knockabout of pure fun. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, yes.
1: Wow. That's so interesting. Yes. Wow. That's cool. <laughs> it's, it's great. And then and then the real Ghostbusters <laughs> kicked off and that was that was a whole nother thing. I had all kinds of toys. And I had a magical Santa Claus moment as well when I went to see Santa Claus and I had asked him one year, you know, I would love all the Ghostbusters toys. And then the next year when I went to Santa Claus, he goes, oh, you're the kid that wanted all the Ghostbusters toys last year. (laughs) It was one of those moments where it's like, wow, this is like my miracle on 34th Street moment with Santa Claus. Did you get them? I got a lot of them. I didn't get all of them, but I did get a lot of real Ghostbusters toys. But uh yeah, so I was a fan since I was really little and I never never really stopped getting the toys or anything. I probably have I, I don't know how many items are in my collection today, but it's thousands of Ghostbusters items. Uh but um yeah, so I started the how I got started on the website was I started playing Ghostbusters World I was super pumped my wife and I had been playing Pokemon Go uh, since it launched and I was like this is like the perfect app for a Ghostbusters game and I had said that for years and finally they were like and we're doing it and I was like what so so (laughs) I was I was watching though because the, the Pokemon Go community, there were tons of websites about it, like lots of, of support. And I'm thinking, OK, someone in the community is going to pop up with a, a awesome Ghostbusters World website. And a month goes by after the game is released. And I see like one of the sites kind of kind of half-assed it, like they didn't really do much or whatever. Um, it was one of the Pokemon Go community sites. And so I was just like, OK. I have built websites before with lots of data. I built a Matrix website that got very popular uh, that has tons of content, matrixfans.net. I built a Chronicles of Narnia website that is pretty popular. Um, And so I knew how to very quickly build up a website that was well-organized and had lots of content on it. Um, So I really quickly started to put that together and over a weekend. And then I built like... All of this content in that that felt like it was written by someone that worked at Ghost at Ghost Core or at, mm-hmm. at like the Ghostbusters headquarters about that game, welcoming the new recruits and all this stuff. All like it's the missing manual for the game. So yeah, I put no, it,
0: that's that to me like when I encountered it. I was like, is this like a companion website the first time I ever saw it? Because it was like, here's this database of all the ghosts that you might encounter that was like very written in universe. And I was like... What is this? And I was like, oh no, this is like fan creation. Like this is somebody made this. This is that's wild. Like yeah. so, yeah. I was very impressed by the way that you kind of said, We're I'm gonna make this almost like the new recruit database. Like you've arrived at the website with the training manual um on how to bust ghosts. It was very smart. Oh, thank yeah, you. Thank you. And I didn't mean I didn't mean to interrupt, but I was oh, like, Yeah, no, I need to like say absolutely it was very cool. So yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, so so I, I started to spread that around in the in the chat, in the in the in-game chat, and people were would go would go there. And then I was like, Oh, I need a page for rookies. So I, I made a page. It was gbworldhubcom slash rookie. I'm not sure if that's still the link right now, but, um, but it would welcome new players because there were frequently asked questions in the chat. And I realized mm-hmm. early on that, Holy cow, before, like when I, when I started playing, I didn't really pay attention to chat. Eventually I jumped in and there was so much like, negativity and when people would ask how do you move in this game no one would answer so right rather than allowing that to continue i was in the game enough where anytime someone asked that i just answered i just was like you, you walk it's like pokemon go and slowly other people started to notice that i was being a voice of positivity. I was helping people. I was like, we want these people to keep playing the game because otherwise <laughs> this game is going to fail. And so let's be nice to new people and help You're them not out. Wrong. So You're not I, wrong. Was, I remember this, like, I remember yeah. when I, like when I would pop into the chat, like,
0: I just muted the chat in that game so much because it was just like, people would spam it with angry comments. And, you know, people would ask questions. They're like, what are you stupid? And it was like, like there's this is probably like an eight year old kid with mom's phone who's like, hey, check out this game or
1: whatever. Mm-hmm. Like
0: so, yeah, um, yeah. I, so
1: <laughs> I changed. I I feel like I watched as I spread positivity into the chat. I watched as other people started to pick up on that. There were some people that were outliers that didn't that didn't give a crap and they were just like, whatever. This game is dead. Like a month after it was launched, but. I just kept spreading positivity to everyone that I could and that people took notice of that and just, they kept spreading that around. And I remember, I I even remember getting to the day that they turned off the server. Uh, There was a a guy named Dumpus in the, in the game. Um, And he said, literally we knew the game was going to be turned off. And I got really tired and I'm like, all right, I gotta, I gotta go to bed. And he said he took video of the game as it was shutting down. And he said, literally as soon as I said, I'm logging off and did the game started to crumble and he said it was like the developers <laughs> waited for you to sign off because they liked you so much for for them to finally turn off the game they didn't they out of respect for you because i was in touch with the the i was in touch with the chat support people a lot i was t- yeah. they were they they said that they were giving my website out to people when people had questions i
0: believe it <laughs> like it like so, for real like like like, there's so much i mean we could talk about this in terms of like what was right about that game and what was really needed to make that game thrive and it didn't get but like one of the biggest things was like support and it is so funny to me because it was like yeah like if you went to the internet and you because i'll be real like when i first downloaded that app and you've never played this game the game had um essentially You know, like the way you played it was you had to go out in the world and actually do stuff. You couldn't just stay in your house. You could, to an extent, you could get like the first few ghosts would show up in your house. But if you were going to like actually engage and level up and get to any of the events or the activations, then you had to like go to places that had people at them. Like Gozer was not going to show up in your bathroom like while you were like using the john with your phone out like and if you played that game that way you're weird uh not that i know that from personal experience uh but like i i think about this a bunch like i was about it was a period of time in my life where i had been injured and i wasn't going out a lot and so i was around the house a bunch and i was like all right i toyed around with this app it's kind of cool i busted ghosts like in the parking lot outside my apartment at the time, like, and interesting but like i don't really i'm probably not going to go out like walk to a park and go figure this out but then i moved and when i moved i moved near a park like around the corner and oddly enough it's a park that like nobody really goes to except that on the weekends it has little league and then there's lots of phones there on the weekends so this became a hot spot in the app like where two blocks over from my house all of a sudden like gozer would show up and i was like now the game has value. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like yeah. now I'm going to, but like, but you had to, in order to play the game, you really had to go out and do stuff. You did. Right. And that meant that like, if you wanted to know, like how, when did these events happen? Like when does the Stay puff Marshmallow man attack? Like what causes that? Like, there was nowhere to go yeah like and so you would go to the internet and ask google and be like ghostbusters world stay puffed and you'd end up being directed to your website yeah it was just like you became de facto tech support for the game it was kind of exactly
1: exactly well and i i I really wanted the game to succeed uh, but there were lots of things that that, that didn't allow that to happen and i had lots of theories about that but um i even reached out to ghost core and sent a bunch of questions like as like kind of let's get maybe a post-mortem interview with the people that made the game and find out like you know <laughs> what you know what do they think went what kind of south of it or whatever and and i don't have to share everything that i find out like i just kind of want to know for me but if they could feel free to, like, not answer some questions and answer some others. I gave them, like, 30 questions, and they were like, we're not really comfortable answering all of these right now, <laughs> maybe in, in a little while. But uh, they um, they had a lot going for them, but they kind of gave up really early on but stayed on because I believe they had a, a uh, license or a contract with uh, Playmobile to uh, – to keep going with it because Playmobil had toys with Ghostbusters world codes that came with them and they had a Playmobil, uh, ghosts, a, a ghost of the library ghost, uh, I librarian. didn't realize that. Yeah. Was I a, never,
0: a- I do know that like I have multiple versions of the Ecto-1A box Mm
1: -hmm. from
0: some that were made in the U.S. that have YouTube promotional stuff on them Mm -hmm. and some that were made outside the U.S. that were released outside the U.S. that don't have that. But I forgot, like I, I either forgot or didn't know that like there was an actual tie in for ghostbusters world with Playmobil too. I didn't yeah, realize that. there were these
1: like six inch or five inch, uh, whatever, like little playmobile toys of each of the four ghostbusters. They had a oh, big yeah. ghostbusters world logo on the front.
0: Yeah. The the bigger versions of them. Yep. Like, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't. OK, so that's like so they had a marketing tie in to sort of fulfill. Maybe. They did. Okay. They had to
1: fulfill that. And so I, I believe they kept the servers online to make sure they fulfilled that. But there came a point where they stopped updating the game and I was like, OK, that's it. Like I knew and I kept I kept tabs on it and people were like, how do you know when the last update was? And I looked at it. They had an they had a uh, a number that was that would appear a version number. And I know how versioning works on on software and literally like the first six or or, uh, eight characters was the date um, of when that was pushed. So I just decoded the date. It was just like whatever May 14th of of that year that was the last push of code. So I have I have all of those files from that that time. But uh, but they decided to kind of end it they i heard later on that someone asked dan accurate about it he said there wasn't really much of a market for the game like that for ghostbusters fans and i think it's kind of a i think it's a chicken and egg kind of thing like gotta make a great game um and then the fans will come but you need the fans to play the game so that you can make it great and uh there, there were lots of there are lots of issues with the game back then but they they kept working stuff out until they they decided to stop uh unfortunately um but i i did enjoy the time that i spent playing the game and then i was like i always kind of had this plan like if the game goes down what am i gonna do with this website and i always kind of had this plan that there wasn't really a ghostbusters video game site uh sure. so i'll Start covering all Ghostbusters video games and started to move pages around so that I could put all of the the video games in. And then I was like, oh, board games, too. And maybe maybe party games will be fun, too. And so (laughs) I just was like any Ghostbusters gaming like I'll I'll. Cover it. I'll just put it up there. It'll be a niche like in the Ghostbusters community that if they want to know about a Ghostbusters game, I should. I'll I'll eventually have it on the site and have. You should should consider
0: the the ultimate rebrand and becoming GB Game Hub. Exactly,
1: (laughs) (laughs) exactly. But then I kind of figured the name still worked. GB World Hub still worked because it doesn't necessarily have to be about that game anymore. It can be about. It can be a world hub for Ghostbusters. A world hub, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, and that's kind of it's transitioned a bit away from that, like from that original orientation. But Mm -hmm. I do think it was interesting because it was like you had really developed like the IP like into something accessible, yeah, right for fans. And I I don't know. I think I feel like the the deck the deck is like kind of stacked as it is against um, mobile games that are promotional. Mm -hmm. Like they think that they, like there are some games that become their own franchises. Like look at something like angry birds, right. That like that was a a, a stupid mobile game that became a film franchise. um, (laughs) That if I criticize openly, sometimes I find that my friends that I have met on the internet through ghostbusters have worked on. And then I'm like, oops, Mm -hmm. I stepped in it again. Uh, So before I do that again, let's move on. um,
1: Yeah. (laughs) And I was going to say too, like ghostbusters world, starting out on the game had so many settings that i was like these are not player friendly settings i changed most of my settings and i i don't know if i put up a guide to how i set up my game but my game played almost exactly like pokemon go like after i changed the settings i turned off a bunch of things turned like turned on a few options in there glad that they had those options because I don't know if I could have continued playing the game the, the way they originally had it set up. So. Well,
0: I also think like that period of like app that time because that game comes out like what is that 2017. Is that right? I think is right, right around
1: there. I think so. Right.
0: Because yeah. I want to say it's after the 2016 movie. Yeah. Right. It doesn't really it doesn't have any real connection to the 2016 movie in terms of like any of its Development like it's character types or any of those right. things. It's kind of more like the original 84 stuff in terms of what I remember in terms of yep. like how you'd customize your ghostbuster and what have you, like the Ecto one that was represented on the map was the original Ecto one. So I'm thinking like 2017, 2018, this is the mm-hmm. podcast that should have done the research. I can go look up facts about a firehouse is 110 years old, but uh, this app is <laughs> too hard. Oh, uh, whatever. Um, y- 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 y'all remember this. If you listen to this podcast and if you don't, you can Google it. Um, Um, But I think about how that app came out when Pokemon Go came out. um, One of the things that was really challenging to consider is that that's a point still where like we don't have great battery life on uh, like video cameras. And so as everybody's using the camera implementation on their different devices Like, you run into this issue of non-standard battery life, non-standard camera hardware, non-standard processors that are being utilized. And so I think the deck is already kind of like stacked against some of those games like Mm -hmm. because they have such a deep compatibility issue like you can write code that you're supposed to work on every android phone but there's a difference between the android phone that's running on a qualcomm processor or a snapdragon or a motorola processor or whatever in terms of its speed the amount of ram that's in the device whether or not the camera can adequately focus on things in the distance such that it can like actually do things and this is something that you know, this is not to put down and it. Stephen Shea, who's has been on this podcast and was on the first episode, wrote, you know, the, the wrote the story for Ghostbusters Scare, which was the other AR game that mm-hmm. came out. And even though that game comes out years later, right, like it has its own implementation challenges from device to device, where even he and I have talked about this, that like neither of us can seem to successfully finish the terror dog level because we don't have enough space in our homes to do so. Like, right. does that make sense? Like, it's like the layout of the level is such that you need a wide enough space to pull this off. So, and if, and at the same time it has its own stability issues and RAM issues and all these kinds of things across devices. So to me, the fact that they even put the stupid thing out and it ran as well as it did, it was always like, all right, you good job. You achieved something. Yes. <laughs> because like, these are not easy to develop, especially Given all of the camera stuff and the need to sort of make the you know, I have a stable background that the images get projected on, all that stuff, I'm getting very oh, yeah. technical, but yeah. yeah. Um, so I think it, the deck's kind of already stacked in that kind of context, mm-hmm. right? So, um what would you what do you think they did well with that app and i want to ask you this because like i think you know you stuck around with it it wasn't like something that you were like this is junk i'm not going to continue like obviously you had a passion for this thing you wanted to succeed so what did you feel they were doing well that like made it worthwhile
1: the 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 breadth of characters that they put in the game it wasn't just oh here's you know Slimer and Stay Puffed and Vigo the Carpathian and then a smattering of like random. We created these random ghosts or whatever. It was ghosts from all across the board. You had ghosts from the real Ghostbusters. You had ghosts from Ghost Extreme Ghostbusters. Uh, you had ghosts from like every piece of Ghostbusters uh, lore, including like the comics. Um, and then they also included ghosts from. Uh, literature and uh, places all around the world that were not introduced into Ghostbusters yet but they they were like let's throw them in like a character called uh, a ghost called Yuki which is a Japanese Mm. ghost Um, so they had lots of uh, ghosts that represented different communities around the world and hence Ghostbusters world and I feel like what they did well was they captured the feel of busting ghosts really well chasing down ghosts around your own town was awesome so you're, you're you it felt like you're getting in the ecto and going out to go and bust a ghost if there was except a except you
0: couldn't Cause if you did that and you were in your car, it would be like, you're driving, you're driving,
1: you know? you're <laughs> driving. Yeah, exactly. You had to park the Ecto like they did in the movies. <laughs> so, so you, you would park your car and then, then you'd go uh, go after this, uh, stay puffed or whatever. And I got to do like a multiplayer bust a few times. Um, and it was awesome. And it had like, it had a lot of the, the feel of just being a real ghostbuster going out into the city. And I feel like the look was right. The sound was right. Um, the character designs were excellent. The animations for all the ghosts were outstanding. They, the artwork was great. I thought, I
0: think it was like, and you're right about the number of characters they put in the game that came out of all these different backgrounds because, Mm -hmm. and I can't, you may have been the person who told me this. I can't remember who told me this, but when Hasbro put out all the toys for Afterlife, they put out the um what do you call it? They had the ectoplasm lab that we obviously didn't see in the US but you could get mm-hmm. overseas. But what we did get was we had those ghost gusher things. Yes. And they had like the rubber like figure that had the slime inside of it and then there was it would puke out like a plastic mini ghost figure like almost like the Kenner ones from when we were kids. Yeah. And I didn't realize this until I was trying to identify, I made a chart where I was like, Oh, like the, if it's this color, uh, if it's this, if it's muncher with this color slime, then what's inside is this figure. Right. And like a few of us had figured out the color combinations and then we made a chart and posted it to like a bunch of ghostbusters websites and things. This is like pre extraplasm days. Um, and like, seems like so long ago, all 13 (laughs) episodes or whatever, like back in my day. Uh, but, um, when we did this, I was looking at all the different ghosts and I was like, what are these ghosts? Like, what is this? Like, what is this little dog ghost? And what is this? And I posted it and somebody was like, oh, that's drool. Yeah. And I was like, what? And they were like, that's drool from the Ghostbusters world game. And I was like, what? And then somebody was like, yeah, actually, it's also from, you know, Ghostbusters. And I was like, what? Yeah. Drool and the I went, dog face goblin. Yeah. Yes. And this literally took me back to your website at the time because I was like, oh, like, Oh, like they literally have like the ghosts that are inside these little capsules are making the deep cuts that -hmm. the game made that GB world, like the GB world game made at the same time. And I thought that was so fascinating that it was like. Ghostbusters world died before the new movie came out, but like the strange little pieces, little elements oh, yeah. that they shared with the Hasbro toys kind of lived on that I really enjoyed. And when oh, I found yeah. that out. It was like, Oh, that's a fun piece of stupid trivia. Oh, I like well, it, uh, but- yeah.
1: I mean, that's like the bug eye ghost. It was the toy. Yeah. It shows up in a couple episodes of the real Ghostbusters very briefly. And then it's in Ghostbusters world. And then it's in Ghostbusters afterlife.
0: Right. Like, and to me, like, it's one of those things where that game shares this, like, um, interstitial DNA that, like, takes the cartoon universe that we love and the comic book universe that we love and brought it into, like, this shared canon sense. But it happened before we had a movie or anything. Yeah. right? And of course, none of it's canon because it's a video game, except, of course, Ghostbusters the video game is canon and Ghostbusters 2 is not because Ryan Dole says so. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> that's something I'll have to. I, I want to see how long I continue this to see if I can get Ryan Dole to come on the podcast and address this rumor. Uh, anyway, I digress. Uh, but I literally think like I really think that one of the things that that game did that you're right about is that it made these pulls into the lore Mm-hmm. Right. Like of Ghostbusters and worked with them and like made stuff out of it. And it was like the kind of thing where you felt almost like um, you were playing of an animated version of Ghostbusting. Yeah. Like it was like and they did that so well. Mm-hmm. That's I think why it was such a thing that I even though when I some of the gameplay, I was like, Ugh. I would stick around because I wanted to see the next ghosts. Like I wanted to see what I was going to unlock. If I got deeper levels or like what kinds of characters. And then I would get really bummed out about grinding on the same ghost over and over and over and over and over again. But like, but it was so cool the first time Mm -hmm. that like you had a ghost pop up and you are like, Oh, this one's totally different and how I have to like the pattern of playing against it is different. And I have to do this. So I think they did all of that like I think you're right so well yeah right that like the dives into the lore and the sort of jack-in-the-box surprise of like each time it opened it was like you spawn like your game spawned and then it was like poof a cloud of smoke would open and now here's the ghost you're fighting this time Mm -hmm. and you didn't know what it was
1: going to be every time like exactly exactly yeah and and there were there were several there were several gameplay elements that were really fun like using the the ecto goggles to cause six up to 16 ghosts to appear over the course over a course of a half hour i think it was and uh i mean it was basically like the um incenses in pokemon go it would attract that attracts pokemon to you this would attract ghosts to you and Like, I remember testing it out in different locations to see if different ghosts would appear based on where I was located in the world. Um, But, yeah, they I think they were trying to hold on because for the movie, because Ghostbusters World um, uh, was out and then the movie was going to be coming out. And they knew the movie was coming, but then the movie kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed. And they finally couldn't wait anymore. But I think that if the movie had launched when it originally was going to, the game would have still been there and it might've seen a boost from the movie. Right. Um, But they just couldn't hold on anymore. And so they had to let go.
0: So here's the question I have to ask you about this game. What's the furthest you ever traveled in order to bust a ghost in this game?
1: It wasn't intentional that I traveled that far (laughs) to to bust it, but, um, I, I wound up maybe, maybe 25, 30 minutes away. Um, and there were times where there were kind of legendary ghosts flying around like a, like a nine tailed ghost or whatever. So my wife and I would hop in the car. We'd We'd get our daughter like all in her, in her uh, car seat. And, uh, take off and we'd go looking for this ghost to, to try and catch it. And, uh, like, so we'd, we'd travel around to where we knew it was going to be, uh, based on where it showed on, on the map. But we, we didn't really travel all that far to try and find, find stuff, maybe five, 10 minutes, like locally to a local park that's down the road. Uh, but, um, yeah, I didn't really travel all that far to catch anything. They didn't the have anything super locked down like Pokemon Go does, where it's like in that region you have this one, you know.
0: Yeah, the first and only time that I ever battled the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, uh, I I drove, I didn't drive, I walked like four miles. I was like trying to get over an injury, so I was doing a lot of walking as opposed to driving to get like build up muscle strength and whatnot in my back. We don't need to talk all about that, but whatever. Um, so I was like, I want to be healthier, but I going to walk and I ended up walking four miles because I was in the middle of my walk and all of a sudden my phone went off with ghostbusters world hub. And it was like, there's an event that it was like, stay puffed has appeared <laughs> and he's going to be there for the next, like whatever it was like hour. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was an in and out, it was an in and out burgers, like <laughs> where the stay Puft showed up. So I like, and I am a vegetarian, so it wasn't even like, oh, I'll walk to In-N-Out and get lunch. I literally walked to an In-N-Out to like use like because it's like what you get like one attempt to battle and the one the one time you show up and it's like I showed up and fought Stay puffed once and then I was like okay I did it I finally found him I finally managed to find one of the bosses of this game somewhere uh, and now I can go home and then I walked like the rest of the way all the way home oh, my, dang. my partner looked at me and she was like where have you been and I was like "Uh, fighting Stay Puffed." you know it was a really long hard day <laughs> that's why I'm so sweaty you know I had to go out and battle against a giant marshmallow kaiju it was just a lot to take care
1: of so <laughs> you had to climb up a lot of sta- flights of stairs to get there yeah
0: exactly so um but yeah so i i think it's cool that that's how you got like that you kind of saw this property and you saw something that like you know you, it was very cool you you loved what was going on with it and you said how can i try and support it and make it go and yeah it's always kind of a bummer like when those things don't stick around right you know but like i love how you're pivoting with it at this point like that you're like i'm now I'll try and be the a hub for game info. Yeah. Um, and that kind of transitions us a bit to like the latest thing you and I have been talking about a mm-hmm. bit, which is ghostbusters spirits unleashed yes so um what's your take because i i've been a huge fan and i will admit to being a level 100 player who maxed out maxed out his xp and has spent too much time in this game uh admittedly i've like w- played way too much at this point and need yeah. to take a break
1: yeah um, i am but- also level 100 <laughs> and uh but i uh i do love the game and it's it's the game like ghostbusters world felt like the game for ghostbusters like I, it felt like I was a real Ghostbuster similar to the Ghostbusters of video game specifically on the Wii made me feel like a real Ghostbuster because of the motion controls yeah uh, but um but the that game and then this game uh uh Spirits Unleashed definitely makes you feel like I'm I'm real real Ghostbuster the way it feels is amazing and I like just to really quickly swing back to Ghostbusters world. And now this game has done the same thing. Theming for the holiday seasons, uh, yeah. Ghostbusters world did a, uh, Christmas theme one year. That's true.
0: I for- I forgot about that. They would do all yeah. that deep theming. You're right.
1: They, um, the, uh, the unfortunate side is you didn't get to keep the ghosts You caught with that theme, right? They were just whatever, but, um, that was a downside of that. They should have allowed you to keep it, but then this game, Spirits Unleashed, they also had temporary costuming and decorations for Halloween and stuff. Right. I'm hoping that we get we get Santa Claus hats for Ghostbusters 2 reference for Christmas. Sure. Uh, but um Spirits Unleashed, the first time that I played it, I was just like, wow, this is it's like taking on Slimer in the Sedgwick Hotel. Like this is Awesome, and if they make the Cedric Hotel level and allow us to go in and take <laughs> on Slimer, it would be like bonkers awesome. I mean, I know that we've done it before in Ghostbusters a video game, but have someone be able to be Slimer? Uh, it's like kind of a reverse Pac Man, <laughs> like yeah. four on one, but uh, it's it's really it, it's addictive, and the fact that you get to play either as the ghost or the Ghostbuster. Uh, it's out it's an outstanding game with a lot of variety it's deeper than you think going in and it has a lot more to do than you than you would you would you would, you would believe <laughs> yeah with the, no
0: that's yeah. true like i've said this about being a ghost in that game like there are things the first time i realized you could close the trap I burst into tears, giggling so hard. I did it. I closed the trap and I was like, Oh my God, I just closed the trap. And then like, I ran away from it and I was just laughing in my office, cackling at my screen. Cause I was like, the fact that somebody thought about all the dumb things that ghost could do, like, let alone all the things a Ghostbuster can do, like all the dumb stuff a ghost could do. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I have oh, I will t- yeah. I'm not telling I'm not telling these secrets on the air. But when, when we get off air, you and I, I have to tell you some of my. Oh, I have some new dirty tricks, and none of them are cheats. They're I have awesome. made I have made some people very mad at me in this game recently because they're like, "Where is he?" And they're just like, "He's cheating." And I'm like, "I'm not cheating. You just can't find me." Uh, so, <laughs> yes. I, you just suck. Um, but yeah, I have some I have some new tricks that I've been having some fun with. Uh, but like, there's so much you can do in this game. It's like. So, like, you can possess objects, you can hide, you can move the respawn points around, like, inside Mm -hmm. of other objects. There's a ghost that can possess people, which I didn't realize until I got a couple weeks into playing when all of a sudden, like, a civilian ran out to me and was like, I feel so hot, I feel so cold, and then began attacking me. And I was like, What is happening? And I was like, Oh, this is the ghost.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yes. When I was playing with some of the people from Ilphonic, one of them had possessed a ghost, and it was like, I feel <laughs> sick. I don't feel good. And it was moving like it was possessed, like in like in the Michael Jackson thriller video. It was well, what I thought
0: it. was like, it's all of a sudden it's like being in that, um, it's like being in the museum level in the 20, the 2009 yeah. game when like the NPCs would suddenly become possessed by the ghosts and mm-hmm. they would just like run at you and start punching you and attacking you. And I was like, what is going like, on? I had no idea what was going on at first. Yeah.
1: Yeah, oh my gosh, and some of my favorite things to do in that game are literally to possess the like stuffed bear or the uh in the (laughs) museum level i think it is the uh starfish in the when you start running around as a starfish it's just hilarious first you start bouncing and then you run like you just jump around and my daughter laughs her head off when i'm the starfish. yeah no the
0: starfish is fun like there's so many things that you can just hop into and run around as and like even a vacuum cleaner where like you shape where you run away from people as a vacuum cleaner it's like the goofiest stuff but it's so much fun and i like keep saying this to people it's like um you know people say how do you feel about the single player and i'm like well it's short like it's you know it's it's very like 20 minutes of content but like what makes up for it is that if you get into the gameplay and you are willing to go like actually engage other people beyond just trying to play against bots
1: mm-hmm. like
0: there's so much fun to be had with other people by doing the goofiest stuff as you play oh you know? yeah like oh yeah
1: and there are, answer? there are hidden, there are hidden secrets around too that I, I recently discovered in, I think it's the, uh, hotel level, the, like the, the, I forget what it's called, but, um, behind a piano, um, there is a wall with a painting on it. And if you bust yep. the painting, it falls off of the wall and there's a hidden room there. And I, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when you discover stuff like that, it's like, holy cow, they really went in depth with this thing. And it even yeah. looks like it was uh, a hidden, a hidden room. Like it looks right. like a place where they just. Oh, it's stuff.
0: intentional. Like they, it's yeah. intentional. Right? It's like somebody stashed a room, and it's like got objects in it that have been stashed. Yeah. But like what's funny is sometimes the when you play quick play, the rift is in there. Oh. <laughs> so like you'll be running around the level being like, where are the rifts trying to find them? And the rift spawns in that little space. So if you don't know about it, you can walk around that entire thing going nuts. And the ghost will know it's in there because the ghost can use ghost vision to see where the rifts are. Yep. But like you yep. as a player have no, like as a ghostbuster don't know where the rifts are. And like, if you don't go and find that room, mm-hmm. you can literally miss a rift. The other one that's oh, yeah. like that is people don't know this happens much, but the, um, there's the rift many times spawns in the bar of the old bar of the brewery on the top rafters. Like you can actually climb on top of objects and get on top of the brew tanks. And Mm -hmm. sometimes the rift appears like literally in the rafters of the roof. Yeah. So if you don't go up there and look, you can miss it. Like, it's so funny, but there's so, there's like so many things that I'm hoping they're going to do more to build these levels out because I've had a couple moments where I've glitched in the levels and managed to like access parts of levels that are not like for public consumption. That like I've accidentally found myself in them, but they're connected to the existing level space where if they took down walls or if they opened up doors that are currently closed, they could do activations or seasonal events. And one of them is like if you go to the um, left side of the theater when you go in there's a set of windows that look into like a conference room space. That looks set up with like almost like a book signing. And I ended up in that mm-hmm. room. And that's basically what it is. It's a bunch of conference tables with books like stacked, like standing up. So it's like one book standing up, almost like if you had a person behind it doing a signing. And so I would love to see them do like some sort of like in-game events that are like, oh, the such and such signing is coming out for like this new comic book. And so we've opened up this area for the comic book convention that's happening inside ghostbusters spirits unleashed and i'm probably asking way too much for something like that but to me i'm like (laughs) that's the totally thing i would do is like a real world activation is like open up sections of levels Mm -hmm. to go alongside with like partnered branded products that you know are coming out which Mm -hmm. keeps the game relevant in the universe right like over the next year as the new movie comes out and whatnot yep so I don't know if anybody's listening out there right now, you know, go for a ghost core, but you know, I have ideas. You can steal them or you can pay me to help you make them. I'm kidding, but um, I make (laughs) this podcast for free, but, uh, you know, but I'm kidding, but like I, but, but seriously, I would love to see them do more with like building out the stuff you can do. Cause it's like, you can Mm -hmm. do a ton of stuff, but like now give me more story. Like that's exactly what I want, is... more story, yeah.
1: more story. Uh, they are going to be releasing more levels um, and more uh, more outfit pieces. I know, and more yeah. ghosts are coming. I've heard. Um, well, there's a dev stream
0: that happened today as well, and the dev stream they announced some of the things that are coming immediately, and some of those things are that they're finally going to give us the ability to do keyboard binding so that you can change your controls if you're on PC in terms of like which keys you're using, which is nice. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're going to institute what they're calling a tenure system. So if you've made it to level 100, you'll be able to keep all your unlockables in terms of your clothes and what have you, Mm -hmm. but you'll be able to go to a filing cabinet upstairs in the firehouse and join the tenure program. And when you do, it resets your level back to zero but gives you a little badge that says that you're now a tenured Ghostbuster and you can work your way back to 100 and unlock all the stuff again, uh, which I'm not sure how I feel about yet as a incentive to keep playing is not like, hey, do it all again now, and now you have a magic badge that says that you're good because, right. I mean, what tells me I'm good is how quick I put your ass in a trap. Uh, but I don't I don't need no badges. <laughs> we don't need no sneaking badges. Uh, we need to put people in traps. <laughs> yeah. But, um that's what right. tells you. It's my stats. How quick can I lock you up?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. Or how much slime can I leave on you? That sounded really bad. Don't take that out of context. Somebody's like, now we're <laughs> going to start a lawsuit.
1: Um, I, I've, I've, uh, I've had some amazing experiences in that game too as a Ghostbuster where literally there was a guy that was streaming in the UK when I was playing and he was kind of talking big talk and I went up behind him. And I tossed my trap out and without even busting him, my trap just snatched him up.
0: (laughs) That's one of the some of the funniest moments, right? Where it's like where you somebody's like comes to taunt you, but the trap is like next to you and they accidentally hop in the trap and everybody just laughs. Right. Because it's like and I don't know who this player is. I'm going to shout out this person. I have no idea who this person is. is a random person on the Internet, but there is a player whose name is Willie Mills. I don't know who this person is. But they have run into me several times, and when they do, they're like, "It's Vague Maniac," and then they just go into doing movie lines with an impressions, <laughs> and we have had an entire dialogue doing this one night where he was just like doing, "I need your boots, your clothes, and your motorcycle," and I'm like doing stuff. <laughs> I don't know who this person is, but I laughed so hard one night with a complete stranger on quick play, just doing ridiculous movie lines back and forth as we busted each other. And I harassed everybody as Slimer. It was like the dumbest, most ridiculous fun. So, um, like there's these, and there are of course other weird moments. I've definitely been in matches with like an eight year old kid who just keeps going. Hi, hi, hi ghost. You want to be my friend? And it's like, no play the game. Like, what are we doing? I don't know. Yep, I'm, I'm going to be yep. on mute. Cause this creeps me out year olds on Teamspeak is no, um, and I've absolutely had this moment last week. I listened to a woman complaining about her boss to her boyfriend. People on people who are playing this game who are not like deeply into Teamspeak and don't normally play games on Teamspeak, they are playing this game and not realizing they have hot mics. Yeah. So like I'm sitting in a game and this woman's like, yeah, and then she said this, and I'm just so tired of I'm not going to work. I busted this guy, I put him in the trap, right? We get to the end of the game and it's all quiet. And I was like, yo, I would totally fire that person too. Like, what would why would you even deal with this woman again? Like, and I just offered up my viewpoint. We come back in the next game and somebody's like, Did you hear all that? And I was like, Yeah, your mic's hot. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I was like, Yeah. Like, so <laughs> Sometimes the weirdest things happen in this game, you know, like, but, um, if you're playing, that is your, your tip. Like you should probably turn your mic off. if You're the ghost. Yep. Cause otherwise yep. everybody finds you exactly. to your house. Yeah, exactly. But yeah.
1: Or the time that we, we were playing against, uh, against Jason from, uh, Ghostbusters news. And, um, <laughs> we, we were having a great time, uh, chasing him down as he was great as Slimer. Uh, yeah. But.
0: Well, he was he was a level fifty slimer very early on because he had his early access. So, yep. um, I I think we, that may have been that may have been on his stream. I don't know. Like I think I'm not, it
1: was. I think it was on his stream. I don't know if our audio. He, he was, was on his he stream. was saying they're they're planning they're plotting against me.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I don't know if he if our if our audio was on his stream, but that was definitely a moment where I ran around yelling "Welcome to the Extraplasm Podcast" and uh, <laughs> shouting that as a Ghostbuster. 'Cause he was a ghost. And then um I think the other thing I was taunting him was that I kept saying, Jason, come out. I have fun.com products for you to review. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and so I haven't heard from him since. I might have uh, I don't know, maybe I wouldn't mean, topulate and touch a nerve. Um but that at
1: all, that at all. I'm sure he's, he's great. He's great. Yeah, but yeah, no, we that game we that game. Him. He's great. He's he's awesome. Uh, that <laughs> game though, man, it's, it it it's everything I've wanted in a Ghostbusters game period. And I really I think I honestly think that sometimes when it glitches and there's two ghosts in the prison level, it just makes oh. me think we need the Scalari brothers. We yes. need them to add the Scalari brothers yeah. and have a two player two players as ghosts against yep. the Ghostbusters and just double the rifts.
0: Or uh, the other way I have played that when I get the glitch where you get two ghosts and you're one of them and the bot is the other one. Mm
1: -hmm. This is
0: a liability for you because you share the rifts. So if the other ghost, the bot gets busted easily, your chances are getting snapped up, too. So in those moments, I go find him. I'm like I'm gonna go find the other ghost and I keep, I protect him. He becomes my mobile rift that I have to keep alive, right? The, like oh. because if they catch him, they're catching us both. So my way of playing when I get the double ghost ver- game is I go just I, I wherever he goes I go and. That's my job is basically to become like his bodyguard and to keep him alive. So I have to keep the Ghostbusters distracted. And that's a way to play that game, though, is like you could have two ghosts. And in this version of the version of the gameplay, the ghost doesn't have just like three rifts to protect, but actually Mm -hmm. has like a mobile ghost. They have to keep like a bodyguard. Right. Like to that. So there's like so many ways that I feel like Ilfana could take the existing engine you know, and like mm-hmm. tweak it and do things to give us different missions or different objectives, like in a way where it's like, oh, there's like one method, which is bust the ghost and get these three rifts or bust the ghost four times. Like you can develop a capture the flag kind of mentality for it. Yep. Like, I mean, I'm not, I don't work for Ilphonic, but I think it would be cool if there was a version where they did uh, like some sort of take on like the terror dog trying to come and get the trap back. Right. Right. That the ghosts already, like the ghostbusters already have a ghost in the trap. So the ghost's job is to come and get back the, their objective and take it back to their base. The same way that you see happen at the beginning of afterlife, Mm -hmm. when it's like, why is the terror dog coming to Egon's house? Because it's chasing the ghost that's in the trap that it's trying to get back. Right. So it's like, I think there is so many cool ways to take these as the engine and just kind of rewrite how they script the events that go on. Exactly. And, do different stuff with it. So hopefully they'll do that. But there are a lot of bug fixes coming. This tenure systems coming. That's cool. Um I'm excited about, you know, I'm excited about the bug fixes. They definitely confirm they know about the blue buckets. If you're a player out there who's hopped into a blue bucket in the uh in the uh brewery and found mm-hmm. yourself uncatchable, your days are numbered. Yeah. Because um you can't keep doing that. You know, you're gonna <laughs> get bustable. But yeah, but like it's funny, even when it glitches, you're right. Like because even like I've had a lot of fun with I have gotten caught in the blue bucket, right? Ooh. Like I get stuck in it and you can't possess anything. You can't do anything. The only thing you can do as a ghost at that point is pick up the trap, close the trap or see the rifts mm-hmm. so at that point i literally just get on team speak and i'm like welcome to ghostbusters training academy i'm gonna tell you where each of the rifts are and you're going to get the tether me a lot and you're gonna get lots of xp and it's just so it's like i've used those moments as a level 100 player to be like let's deal with the frustration here by coming on team speak and saying i am now uncatchable but let's make this good for you like because i can't yeah I'm, I'm already gonna win this dumb match So what can we do to help the four busters who are in this match now? Like what achievements do you need to unlock? How many of you Mm -hmm. have a rift you need to bust that you need to fight by yourself, by yourself in order to like beat some achievement because the ghost is basically null and void. So let's work together to help you find the rifts and do what you need to do. Exactly. Those community moments are so cool. You know,
1: like Mm
0: -hmm. I watched a level 100 player the other day do that where it was like a guy got so frustrated. He was like, level 15 and he was like this sucks there's like three level 100 players in here how am i supposed to do anything and one guy was like yo all right listen everybody back off we're gonna teach some school <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, he just took the time he was like everybody here's what we're gonna do you go here you go here now here's how you bust a ghost and he's like walk over there good now shoot and point now drag that guy over the trap And it's so, like literally like three level 100 players were like t- teaching and the ghost was cooperating in the process of like how to how to do this it was kind of fucking. <laughs> <That's laughs> of awesome that yeah. is awesome like, so like that's the moments where i'm like i want to see more of that and so some of that is like the guys in the ghostbusters spirits unleashed league who are trying to get the gay want the game to succeed much like yes. you want a world hub the world to succeed yes. right like And so I've been I've been shouting them out each week because I know that that's a group of like some of those guys are people who are gamers who do streaming and they're like, cool, this is a new title for me to play. And that's great. And I can stream it and put it on my Twitch channel, whatever. But some of those guys are like deeply committed and are like, want the IP to succeed. You know, and like are like really want this. They're like some of them are people who were playing the Ghostbusters campaigns and things in Fortnite and repping Ghostbusters in other games where they could with skins. And now they're like, dude, we have our own house. Like, make it good. You know, so it's just like so I'm really not to be like, hey, we turn this entire conversation into Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed chat. Right. Like. I'm excited about it. Oh, yeah. I think you have been, too.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, and the cool thing is I told I told my buddy this who we he. Every so often he would ask me, so has Ghostbusters the video game remastered gotten its multiplayer yet? And I I told him after I played this game for the first time, this is the multiplayer that we didn't know we needed for yeah. Ghostbusters the video game remastered. Like they didn't ever do that because that, that's a long story, but it was a different studio that made the original right. multiplayer. So this game took took the multiplayer of ghostbusters a video game turned it on its head and said we're doing something different with it everybody that i've talked to said the mapping of the buttons is is such that they played so much of ghostbusters a video game that they keep pressing the wrong buttons Mm -hmm. for things in this Yep. once you get over that then you're good then you then then you get used to these buttons and I, I fear going back to ghostbusters, the video game and trying to throw a trap out now, <laughs> but, right. uh, but, uh, it is everything and more. Uh, I, and I know I'm sure they're going to keep expanding this game with more stuff. I'm sure they're going to have uh, a Christmas event, uh, coming up. I'm like, I, I, it's all but guaranteed based on the fact that they just did a Halloween one. Uh, but they um, they have captured the feel of doing the Slimer bust in the original movie, and I always wondered, like, with Ghostbusters, a video game multiplayer, it was, like, you against, like, hundreds of ghosts, and there were all these things flying around, and how right. could they capture the the team going against Slimer in the first movie, and they've done it?
0: Right. And that's what's interesting is it's like when you play against the bot ghosts, I feel like they jump into the trap too easily. Yeah. But like when you play against even like a player who's like beginning like level 10 and they're hammering away on the break tether button, it's hard for like sometimes to get yeah. to a lone solo trap that that ghost. Mm-hmm. You need that teamwork. And I think that's part of like, I want to see this. I want to see it become more successful as a community game because I feel like the team speak element is what makes the game thrive and where it works best like when you are communicating and you have busters who are working together to try and put the ghost into one trap Mm -hmm. the game is like at its best and it's most enjoyable when it's like four complete strangers who don't have their mics on and aren't using like the uh marking feature and it's just like everyone is running around chasing the ghost everyone is throwing out their own trap everyone is trying to solo trap at the same time the game doesn't work as well and that's like what but that's a fundamental difference from say, the old game because it was designed as a solo experience first with a multiplayer add-on. Mm-hmm. So, like, the simplest things like, that I feel like are so tricky for players coming from the two games is, like, if you play the old Ghostbusters video game, you can... St- tethering your dude like you're you're stunt you're shooting him you get him and now you have him tethered you could just move him around you don't need to worry about overheating really much at that point because it's pretty easy to move him around and once you have him held now you can drop your trap but because right. in the magic of that game you can both fire a neutrona wand and unclip a trap and throw it on the ground and stomp on the pedal all at the same time right like Whereas Ilphonic's version of the game is like, no, 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 no. You couldn't do that all at the same time. So you have to momentarily stop firing to drop your trap, mm-hmm. right? So it changes the dynamic of solo busting because for you to successfully solo bust, you basically have to stun, drop a trap, open it, and then fire and, and like tether really quick in order to get yes. the job done, right? And it's yes. like, so it does make it much more like that sort of bust of slimer because it's like inherently you need to work as a team if you're going to get this done efficiently (laughs) otherwise you're probably going to have a lot of frustration or destroy a lot of shit but like exactly exactly Exactly.
1: (laughs) it's just it's on it's unending stuff that you can do it's amazing um and the levels that they have in the game so far seem to all be inspired by other things from the Ghostbusters universe, obviously, like the jail, the the hotel, like various various places that we've been in the Ghostbusters universe, but none of yeah. them are locations that that are from anything yet. But I would love to see them explore levels that are based on things in both uh, like all the movies and in uh, the cartoons. It would be really great to go to Mrs. Robinson. I think it's Mrs. Robinson's neighborhood where she's got this house that's all haunted. Mm -hmm. Um, and go to her house and have her house be a location that that is is completely haunted, like hauntable by the ghost or whatever. Um, but have then have other ghosts from the real Ghostbusters show up. Um, have honestly, I think there could be there could be um levels where you are taking on stay puffed or you are taking on uh vigo the carpathian as special levels that you could like take on as a team like if you've got a team for one of the uh leagues you could be uh you could decide as a as a league team we're going to see who can take down stay puff the fastest through it
0: right like as a competitive event like it would be kind of cool and so Mm-hmm. I, I want to I hope like I mean I don't I'm not trying to be like do it do it now but like I hope that, that they really give this the IP like the license that they have its mm-hmm. day and utilize it and I, I mean I say this like as much as they're like they've said D, some of the DL stuff that they're, they're expecting some DLC that like I've heard there will be free levels that may come later like if you tell me that I can like buy a bonus pack for something like oh there's a competitive Stay Puff bust like i would do that right like something yeah. where i'm like okay cool i had my entry point where i paid for the game at first where in my case i got a review code uh but you know <laughs> like, fine but like i would i was signed up to pay for it you know so what i i still i still got i still got <laughs> my physical copy
1: in the mail like a few weeks ago so i'm good
0: yeah i well what platforms are you playing on
1: i'm playing it on the xbox uh, series okay. x okay and I've also got it on the PC because of the codes that I got. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. So I am, I am hard purely on the PC. So, um, like with that, and that's been kind of interesting too, is to sort of see the different gaming experience of people on different platforms. Cause I think that some PlayStation folks have talked about audio glitches that they're experiencing that I think not everybody's experiencing, but, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. So well, and then there's the
1: whole audio based on you, where you are in the level too. As a right. Ghostbuster, you like you sound farther away. Proximity chat. Proximity chat. Yep.
0: Yeah, which is weird when like you're talking to somebody and they don't realize they've strayed away from you,
1: and they keep talking. <laughs> I know. And I know. Then,
0: like you can't hear them anymore, and they're like they walk too far away and they have no idea, and you can't tell them because they got too far away to tell them back. Exactly. So was, like, some guy and I was talking to the other day. And he's like telling me a story in the middle of us having a match against the bot ghost, and I'm like. Can't hear this guy anymore. Where went.
1: This and weird. you're like, yep, uh huh.
0: Bed there, dude. Your rift somewhere now. Yep. Enjoy busting your <laughs> rift alone, but. Um, yeah, well, I was excited to talk. I was exci- I'm very excited about the game. I'm excited to play more of it and see where it goes. But I think that, um, I'm also excited that this is giving you an opportunity to kind of pull like Ghostbusters World Hub a little t- more together to start to yeah. like cover this, um, to start to do some of the coverage of this as well. Right. And mm-hmm. so it's like yeah. another another game that you're starting to talk about. And so on the one hand, I want to thank you for helping me to put me in touch with Elphonic to get a review code. Absolutely. But yeah. Other, I also want to thank you for, you know, starting to do some of the work of documenting this game, right. Yeah. And like putting together like where are interviews of it, where can you find coverage of it? Where can you find stuff about, um, one of the things, one of the things in that, I'm not sure if you have a section for this yet, but like there's actually several people who've put together training campaign videos. Like they're, um, like essentially ghost busting school. So it's yeah. like how to do this efficiently. What the best mm-hmm. loadouts are to use that'll have like for different purposes. So you often go bust rifts. These are the pieces of hardware you should use yeah. to do the rift challenges. So um, um, yeah, speaking, yeah, of a lot that, of that content yeah. out there. Yeah, uh, speaking. Yeah.
1: Speaking of that, I do have a few of those out there. I actually reached out to a guy on uh, on YouTube that. Um, I happened, uh, I happened to see some of his videos about how to, you know, bust ghosts, how to like how to do this or whatever, and then randomly I played a couple games with him. Just he showed up. Uh, his his YouTube handle is Sig so Wavy. And so I was oh, yeah. like, well, oh, that's interesting. So um, so I I checked out his, like, I watched his videos. I was like, all right, these are good. Um, so I, and I played a couple rounds of them. And then I reached out on Twitter and I say, I was like, so can I just let, post some of your videos on my site? He's like, absolutely. So I have some of those. And I just saw today, like, the uh, the uh, the YouTube engine is finding me with all kinds yeah. of other videos now. So yep. I'm going to be reaching out to more, more creators because... Even if I don't have time with a six-year-old, you know, a family, um, and everything, as much as I would love to spend tons of time making that kind of content, people right. are doing it, and I'll, I'm glad to. I'm glad to share other people's content and,
0: and I think that's what's useful is like you're able to take an existing space that was already a hub for like Ghostbusters games mm-hmm. right and that like already has um some notoriety I don't mean notori- like not notoriety bad way I mean like yep. um no- notability is probably the word I'm looking for yes. in like say Google's algorithm right is like a thing that comes up when you're like Ghostbusters video game uh tips or Ghostbusters game knowledge like you already something that comes up in the top few hits so to be able to take those folks who are independent Twitch streamers and YouTubers yep. who are creating their clip videos of like their seven hour game session and turning it into an instructional video like to put that in one place is really good it's marketable to help connect those folks also with folks who are not necessarily hardcore gamers but who are Ghostbusters fans yes. who are like where do I find information about this game from some of the sources that I already know well so mm-hmm. um, yeah so I keep doing that I think it's awesome that you're doing it yep. and we should I think I'm not like I'm not ready to throw it together right now but what we should do we should cross promote and do a game night where we like run one of the, like use the party code system on Mm -hmm. Ilphonic Cause there's now on the last update they gave us, they gave us this party code thing where we can be like, this is the code come. Uh, I think it would be cool for us to do like a, like rotating game night or tournament that brought in different folks and have some fun with it. That'd be
1: awesome. Yeah, let's do it. yeah
0: (laughs) So cool. Well, I appreciate you coming on and thanks for coming on, Paul. It was good to have you here. Before you head out, um is there anything else you wanted to plug?
1: Oh man. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything else. I, I knew how to plug, <laughs> <laughs> actually, to be honest, uh yeah, um check out Firehouse in Theater. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> ghostbusters is a great thing everyone should try yeah, everyone should I try like it, it. <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> i liked it so All much right. i bought the company <laughs> well, <laughs> but, uh, yeah
0: there you go well i will say this people should follow you at gb world hub right at luminous yes. specter uh it's where to find you uh they can find you on instagram they can find you on twitter, twitter. as long as it hasn't imploded in the time it took us to record this podcast yep Um, yep. i have a
1: facebook page you can easily find me there you can find me on instagram at ghostbusters world hub um and uh i'm pretty much on every almost every social media platform i might have a a presence on it but most (laughs) most of them gb world ghostbusters world hub i definitely have a facebook a twitter and instagram um those are the ones that I mostly use. And I do have a YouTube channel that I don't really post much to, but I've got one. Uh, and it's got lots of, if you are curious about Ghostbusters world, I have tons of content from that yeah. game that I just like, put out you
0: probably there. have the the greatest archive of content of what that game looked like, honestly, of everybody, because you had so much that you shot, like so much you captured. So and I, I,
1: yeah. I knew it when I knew the game was going down, I captured video of every ghost doing like funny things. So
0: go stuff. check that out if you've never seen it. And I say that, too, because like it's hard to capture that thing because it was a mobile game. Yes. Like even like there's very difficult to find coverage of like the stuff from Ghostbusters scare for the same reason. So mm-hmm. um, if you've never seen like some of the ghosts, like there are some ghosts you just may never have seen that game because you maybe like gave up after you know, four hours of gameplay, there was a lot. Um, and it's worth going and taking a look at. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, so thanks for coming to, on, Paul. <laughs> Yeah,
1: no problem. <laughs> if you want to cut that down a bit, I mean, I'm totally cool with that. No, then, uh, was, I'm going to. Now that you asked
0: me to cut something down, I'm not going to. I'm going to leave <laughs> your request to cut things down in this podcast and make everyone listen to the length of everything. That's my plan.
1: <laughs> Fantastic. All right.
0: This is not professional. What are you
1: talking about? <laughs> Thank you for coming on. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> we'll hope, hope to have you back soon. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care. Thanks, you too.
0: That's going to about wrap it up this week for Extraplasm, and I want to reiterate that if you've got any Ghostbusters game info or you want to find out more about Ghostbusters games to check out GB World Hub or Ghostbusters World Hub, uh, you can find it out on the internets on the web, uh, so please make sure you do that. and again, thank you for listening to the podcast. I'm very grateful and very gracious uh, that you guys tune in every week and check it out. Um, If you want to leave a positive review for the podcast anywhere, feel free to do that. It certainly helps to connect us with other folks. Love to talk about Ghostbusters and hear about it. Uh, And if you have anything you want to share or contribute, by all means, you know, you can reach out and hit me at Extra Plasm on Instagram or on Twitter for now until it burns to the ground, potentially. (laughs) Um, Or you can reach me me at gmail at podcast at gmail.com. With all that in mind, I hope you have an outstanding holiday if you're listening to this during the holiday week. And as Ernie Hudson would say,
1: try to have fun and always keep on busting. Take care.